The film aims to present a suspenseful mystery. Is Jason Voorhees somehow returned from the dead? Unfortunately, it overplays its hand by completely hiding the mysterious new killer from view, thus making it obvious that Jason is not involved, and the identity of the copycat killer could only be more obvious with the use of neon signs. It also concludes on a perplexing note that suggests Tommy Jarvis is about to become a Jason-style serial killer himself. Such a shift is very poorly motivated. Thankfully, the sequel completely ignores this ending and sets off in a fresh direction of its own. By any sane measure, this is a terrible film. Watchable only by franchise diehards and completists, or the most undiscriminating of viewers. It overloads on blood and gore and partial nudity, yet forgets things like suspense, tone, and atmosphere. It is surprising that Paramount continued with the series after this. A more effective attempt at horror franchise suicide is difficult to imagine. and ghouls i'm katie tool and i'm sean reedy and this is friday night frights a podcast about selective mutism dancing like nobody's watching and wildly ineffective social workers so so bad at their jobs like that the the whole time beginning to end yep there is not a single moment in this film that they have a handle on this situation no nope yep (laughs) to try it they try. Do they, though? They don't even really try. <laughs> I mean, you think after the first death, it'd be like game over. <laughs> yeah. After the brutal murder, yeah. that maybe they would keep a better eye on those kids. Maybe. They're fine. It's an honor system. Right. <laughs> we love an honor system. It is Friday, January 13th, 2023, so we are, of course, talking about Friday the 13th. That we are part five. five. A new beginning. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, the title of the last film in the franchise, the final chapter, is a lie. Yes. <laughs> and uh, But as we have discussed, I don't know if we want to discuss it now, but we can... Uh, <laughs> sure. As we've discussed previously, so I guess we can because we mentioned it already. Uh, this is one of two Friday the Thirteenth movies that do not have Jason as a killer. This is one of two that don't have Jason as a killer, and it's. I thought you were going to talk about the two that have the word "final" in the title, which is also a thing. It is also a not thing. this one. No, but yes, this is one of this is one of two that do not have Jason as the killer. Right. Except this is far less compelling than the first one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not it's not right it's not really quite there. No. Is it? Not not quite. I tried. They tried, you know. I mean it was not a bad idea. Right? Because they had not yet decided to simply make Jason immortal. Right. Right? So they're like, well, if we're gonna keep doing this. Let's focus on the kid, mm-hmm. right? So we are on our second of the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. That is trilogy. Yes. That is just like stuck in the middle of this franchise. Yep. 
And our second of three Tommy Jarvis actors. Yeah, we had a little snippet right in the beginning of uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, yep, who of course, you know, played the 12-year-old Tommy Jarvis Mm -hmm. in uh, Final Chapter. Mm -hmm. And then in part six, he is played by Tom Matthews, who you might know from one of my favorite films of all time, Return of the Living Dead. Have we talked about the fact that Return of the Living Dead Part 2, slight slight, slight tangent, I'll get back on it, don't worry, that Return of the Living Dead Part 2, which I've never seen because it's very difficult to find, mm-hmm. stars Tom Matthews and the actor who played um, Frank. As essentially the same characters, but like with different names, because obviously both those characters died, right? So like, right. Those guys are in the second movie too. Oh, oh, okay. As essentially the same characters, but just not just not the same characters, but okay. Same relationship, same. I mean, I mean, why not? Why not? They were good. They were they were entertaining. I mean, so. they were <laughs> so. Bring him back. Bring him back. Why not? In this installment, Tommy Jarvis is played by John Shepard, Mm -hmm. who has about eight lines of dialogue spread across (laughs) the 92 minutes of this film. Yep. But he's the central character of the film. He's very good at sweating. Oh my gosh. Sweats so much. So sweaty. Like, I feel like it might be a medical condition. You gotta get a a cloth, sir. Something. Of course, the time of year here is not entirely clear. (laughs) No, because it is still set in, like, because it was set in New New Jersey? New Jersey or New York, yeah. I mean, like, somewhere. So it's clearly still the same area, because there are definitely some thick accents coming through in this one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's some some seriously thick accents. That mare. So. Oh yeah. That mare sounds like a something out of a gangster movie. The greasers, the random ass greasers. Oh wait until we get to the greasers. They're my favorite part. Uh, but in this film, Tommy Jarvis is uh, a little bit older now. He's a teenager. I think he's supposed to be like 16, 17 years old. Even though John Shepard looks like he's thirty, and yeah. he is being released from the mental institution where he has been held since he killed Jason Voorhees at the age of 12, because obviously that would fuck you up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, To a halfway house for troubled youth, right? Uh, Not entirely sure why they released him from intensive inpatient care, because he's clearly still extremely traumatized and barely functional yes but you know that's not we wouldn't be a movie if he wasn't so yeah that's just where we are <laughs> and like, murder just follows him around yeah absolutely as as it goes as it does that's why wouldn't it but yeah they're like we're gonna write this movie <laughs> we're gonna make it so he is released but he definitely should not have been like should not i have just been. i like they went a little too hard on the on the lack of script for him. 
Right. And they try to play it off of like part of his trauma is that he just he doesn't speak very much. Yes, he's presented as a deeply traumatized, often violently angry young man who murder mm-hmm. follows around like a lost puppy. Um, but he's not the murderer. No. And of course he's not. No, no. Why would he be? And they like... That do... would make too much sense. Right. Well, right. <laughs> and they like kind of do... It, like, I feel like they do a pretty bad job of like trying to make it seem like he's the murderer. Right. I mean, that's the that's the misdirection that they're going for. And it's like... Well, no, he's not the murderer, of course. Right. They try to misdirect you in two ways. Like, there's the misdirection of, like, is it actually Jason? Right. Back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And then there's the misdirection of, is it Tommy? And they do not do a particularly effective job with convincing you of either. No. And the answer is just much dumber than that. <laughs> it's funny, though, rewatching it again. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. They did give you a big, bold hint right there, Oh, didn't yeah. They? They're just like, you know... Big cartoon fingers pointing at him. Yeah. Um, you know, and apparently... <laughs> apparently the only reason that anyone besides Jason kills people in this franchise is to avenge the death of their child, who you didn't know was their child until the end of the movie. Yep. It's pretty much... That's the only motive for murder <laughs> that exists. Except for just being an animal like Jason. Those, those are your two motives. Well, and like, and that's the thing too, is like, your mo- okay, your motive, got it, motive, dead son, dead son that you gave up. <laughs> you know who he doesn't kill? Or no, does he? Does he kill the... Shit, I shouldn't say that. Does he kill the kid that killed his kid? I don't... Or do they just take him away? They just take him away. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really like... The one person that actually caused the issue. Right. Or like, I mean, I guess he kills people at the center, which like you could say are indirectly responsible, right? Because they failed to protect his son. Yeah, but then there's the two guys in the car, the fucking greasers. And the and the guard and the neighbors, the guard and the waitress and the neighbors. Like right. he just sort of snaps, I guess. Like yeah. you don't need to, He's for it to like, make sense. I'm on my way. <laughs> right? Oh, this is fun. What is also hilarious is that they insert a 12-year-old into this one because they're like, oh, that worked so well last time. We're going to just put another 12-year-old into this. just make it again. You know, again, a halfway house full of troubled, often violent, you know, mostly grown people is the perfect place for a child. Right. Especially after a murder takes place. Yeah, just keep them there. It's fine. Yes, nobody like calls his parents. No. Grandpa's got it. Because he doesn't live there. At the beginning, he explicitly says he's visiting. Mm-hmm. So, like, where are his fucking parents? Uh, but we will try to walk you through it. But first, it is Shocktail Hour. Tonight's Shocktail is called Demon's Enchilada. Yum, yum, yum. It is a spicy pineapple margarita. Perfect to go with the Mexican food of your choice. Mm-hmm. Because if you notice, he also has tacos, pizza, and at least one other thing in that van. Oh, absolutely. And no refrigeration. You wonder why he ends up in the outhouse. It consists of one and a half ounces of uh, tequila, so that's a shot, a shot of pineapple juice, an ounce of fresh lime juice, three quarters of an ounce of Contro or triple sec, whatever you want, uh, and two to four fresh jalapeno slices. Yum. For that spice. The nice little kick. 
cake. Yes. It's a stab to the gut. <laughs> Make sure you're near a bathroom with plumbing. <laughs> I hope this drink doesn't do that to you. No, so. no, 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 no. If so, I'm very sorry. Not my intention. Or you're welcome, depending on what you prefer. I mean, you know, I guess people. <laughs> I mean, you do you. You want a gut it's clean out? It's becoming a very different podcast very quickly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So Friday the 13th, A New Beginning begins with Tommy Jarvis, the young Tommy Jarvis, mm-hmm. Corey Feldman, who was only available for like a day of filming because Corey Feldman <laughs> was in every single fucking movie in the 80s. So <laughs> <laughs> they said like in between you filming Goonies and Lost Boys and right. could you just come down for a day? They literally, they, they had him for like a matter of hours. Oh yeah. To do that scene. Yep. It was all shot at night. I'm sure it was all shot in one night. It was probably, it's true. It was probably like literally after he was done filming something else. Yes. He was just in everything. Um, Yes. I mean, A, they wanted Tommy to be a little bit older, right? Like several years have gone by. So like that's (laughs) one reason that they didn't just bring back Corey Feldman. Another reason is that Corey Feldman was too big for this by this point. Yes. So uh, so they got John Shepard. But we first see Corey Feldman standing in a yellow raincoat in the pouring rain. Staring at a comically large grave. Yes. I mean, Jason's big. But, like, that thing is massive. But, like, I think he could probably fit in a normal grave. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all, like, mounded up because he's not buried that deep. Like a, you know, it's the type of grave that you would dig for like a cat in the backyard for some reason. And just as Jason Voorhees, real big. Yeah, I'm like, you just, what, spray painted Jason Voorhees on like a random Like, headstone? who buried him? Did you bury him? Like, because it's a headstone. It is. That was a he- that was stone, was it not? Or was that wood? I don't know. Either way. I never looked that closely. It was, I'm like, listen. <laughs> it was impromptu. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so J- Tommy is standing there staring at this extremely large grave, and then he hears two men off in the distance, and he goes to hide. These men are there to rob Jason's grave. Uh, we're not given a reason for that. I guess just for the morbid thrill of it, right? Uh, they dig him up, and he proceeds to kill them. Because mm-hmm. of course he does. That's what he does. Uh, and then he stands up, and he turns towards Tommy, and then Tommy wakes up. Mm-hmm. As a different kid. Yes, right before he got his throat slashed. Yes. Just in time. He wakes up and guess what? He's sweaty. He's start, already sweaty. He start off sweaty. Yep. Start off sweaty and then just get damper from there. <laughs> so you're introduced. So this is how you know that this is Tommy Jarvis, right? Because he was obviously having a nightmare about his past and... He is being transported to the Pinehurst halfway house from Unger Mental Health Institute. So yes. that was like the big state hospital. And again, releasing him too soon um, to a sort of like small group home. Mm-hmm. Where there is no discernible psychiatric care going on whatsoever. No, they're just there to hang. <laughs> They do chores. Like yeah. that's that's apparently the treatment is they do chores. Yes. 
It is run by a man who's ostensibly a doctor. And a woman that carries on the long tradition of weird employer-employee relationships. Yes. Like, what is that really? Are they a couple? Uh, Do they work together? Is that a sister? Like, it's not made clear. There's, like, this weird tension between... There's, like, this weird sort of, like, quasi-romantic tension between that girl and Tommy near the end of the film. Right. Which is fucked up because Tommy's supposed to be, like, 16 years old. And she's supposed to be in her, I'm assuming, like, late 20s? I mean, she's an adult. Fully an adult. She's supposed to be, like, a mother to these children. Yes. Who are actually children. And also, she looks almost identical to his sister. Yeah, I'm like, is it the same actress? Who survived... Right? I thought she did. But in this, it makes it very much seem like she does not. I'm like, did you guys forget? Like, this movie only came out like a year or 18 months after the one before it. Because right. this was back when they were popping these babies out. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, pretty sure that he kills Jason to save his sister. Yes. And he succeeds in that. So I don't know if she like just fucked off or something. Yeah, because I remember that that was that was the ending was she was just watching him kill the fuck out of Jason. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and then there was like she was in the hospital, or he was in the hospital. There's a scene in a hospital room right. where he's like, you know, they always kind of hinted around that Tommy Jarvis was going to go insane. Right. <laughs> it doesn't actually end up happening. No. <laughs> but. So they drop him off at this halfway house. He barely speaks. Right? This is this is his thing. This is how you know he's really and truly traumatized is that he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. And he sweats a lot. The first person he meets after the two people who run the show is Reggie the Reckless. A roughly 10 to 12 year old boy who is staying there for a time because his grandfather is the cook. Yes. Oh, his grandfather is the cook. Mm-hmm. Pam Voorhees was the cook. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I see what you did there. But um, because apparently now they've just decided they need a child because like it works so well the first time. Reggie plays a prank on him. He, like, dangles a rubber spider in his face, which is absolutely a thing to do to somebody who has PTSD. It's a great move. Yeah, first time meeting him. You have no idea how he's going to react. You're like, here we go. Let me just scare the fuck out of you while I'm in a closet so I can't even escape. Right. Well, I mean, he is, like, 12. Yeah. But... (laughs) But then Tommy gets him back by pulling out all of his masks that he made, right? Mm -hmm. Which was something that he like to do in the first one that's actually how he tricks jason into like trusting him enough or like just hesitating enough that he can like get the drop on him um so you know that establishes a sort of friendship between the two of them right um they're sitting there they hear sirens and the sheriff is there with two of the children who live at this halfway house Mm -hmm. because um, they never know where the fuck they are. <laughs> now, in fairness, they do make that clear. They do. He's like, no one's going to tell you where to go or what to do. It's like, mm, 
they're minors. You probably should. But <laughs> maybe give a little bit of guidelines. 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 A bit. Yeah. Just general house rules. Yeah. Maybe a curfew. You know. Maybe um, stay on the property unless you ask to go away. Right? Yeah. Just like stay here. Use a condom. I don't know. <laughs> right? Well, Shocking lack of condoms yeah. in this entire series. <laughs> Like, like the, there would have been babies galore yep. if they all hadn't gotten immediately killed after they had sex. Oh, absolutely. So we meet Eddie and Tina, mm-hmm. who are in the back of the police car, um, because they were off canoodling on the neighbor's property, and they got caught. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is like the fourth or fifth Tina in this franchise. Yes. I feel like there's a Tina. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a Tina in every goddamn movie. Yeah, there's there's definitely been more than one. <laughs> there's been more than one Tina already, and yes. now we have another Tina. I mean, it was the 80s. It was a popular name, but still. Mm-hmm. Like, watch the other movies. Because <laughs> it makes it very confusing to talk about these films. Uh, <laughs> Tina Part 4, Tina Part 5. <laughs> Tina Part 5, A New Beginning. But <laughs> <laughs> A new Tina. <laughs> a new Tina. Tina! Um... Actually, there was just like a stunning number of Tinas in 80s horror movies. Yeah. Because in Return of the Living Dead, her name is Tina. Mm-hmm. There's a Tina in The Nightmare on Elm Street. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Tinas. Tina's a popular ass name. Especially in the 80s, I guess. We loved a Tina. We love a Tina. It's <laughs> my favorite Belcher. Um, right? I don't know. It's hard to pick one. I love them all. Hard to pick a favorite. That's fair. We are introduced to the sheriff, who in the grand tradition of Friday the 13th movies is a goddamn idiot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we are introduced to the neighbors, who are, A, the best fucking part of this movie. Oh, absolutely. And B, just inexplicably filthy. Yes. Like, not just sort of like greasy or sweaty just like dirty straight up rolled around in the in the dirt yeah covered in soot like a freaking victorian street urchin mm-hmm. like what <laughs> like do they work in a mine do, you not do they have... not have running water right. like i don't understand and it's not like they're just dirty in that scene no they're dirty every time you see them mm-hmm. like visibly like skin is darker than it should be with dirt dirty uh, and they are insane. They are goddamn insane. Okay, tell me if I'm crazy. The son looks a little bit like Chris Pratt. Crazy? No. No. Right? Mm-hmm. He's got the vibe. He's got the vibe. He's got the same vibe. Uh, the mom looks a hell of a lot like... Um, what's her face? Danny DeVito's wife. Rhea. Rhea Perlman. It's not Rhea Perlman. But for some reason, she looks just like Rhea Perlman to me. Okay. That's his actual wife? I didn't realize that. That is his wife. Oh, yeah. She played his wife in Matilda. Yeah. So it was like, when you said they're it, actually, it was like, yeah, they're are actually... you talking about Matilda? Nope. <laughs> that is, in fact, his actual wife. Because that's funny. Immediately when you said Danny DeVito's wife, I was like, oh, Matilda. Yeah. I was like, wait, no, that could be her. Is it her? No, you're correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is his actual, that is his real life wife. Wow. They're yes. much nicer in real oh. life than they are in the movie. Yes. <clears throat> yes. 
They do look very similar to each other. They That's do. funny. They do, don't they? Mm-hmm. It's got the vibe. Uh, so we've got Rhea Perlman and Chris Pratt. It's neither of those people, but just you can picture them that right. way. Yes. Uh, and she threatens. She threatens that she has a bomb. She wants the whole place shut down. She doesn't like that there are. <laughs> she says she has a bomb. Her son uh, rides around on a motorcycle. And is just. Sure. Generally uh, a moron and just constantly being berated by his mother. And like, they have this weird relationship where like anything that she says, he agrees with and repeats back to her. And then she tells him to shut the fuck up. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much their dynamic. Uh Uh-huh. Like, what? They both, however, have more lines than Tommy. Oh, yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So now Tommy has witnessed the shenanigans. And the cops are like, listen, you know, keep track of these kids, as is your job. (laughs) Keep them off the neighbor's property. You know, we'll see you later. They leave. The neighbors leave. Everything's fine. I don't know if it's supposed to be even the next day. (laughs) Or the same day. Like, does it happen Mm, immediately? It might happen immediately. Uh, So, we are introduced to a few more of the uh, residents of this halfway house. We are introduced to Robin. Violet. Who looks like Madonna from Desperately Seeking Susan, but yes. more goth. Yes. It's the best way to describe her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, mm-hmm. who is clearly like developmentally delayed. Yes. And Vic, who is uh, apparently a homicidal maniac who they give a weapon to. Again, great at their jobs. <laughs> Yes, give the angry one the axe. <laughs> the angriest one. Like, he's just, like, bristling. He's <laughs> bristling. You're like, well, he's fit. <laughs> right? He's got a tank top, right? Does he he does. Tank top? He's wearing a what? He's wearing, yeah, he's wearing, like, a muscle shirt. Yeah. And he's muscly. Yeah. He also appears to be around 40 years old, which, in fairness, like, that's just, that's just people who play teenagers in the 80s. Like, but there was like... always a range from, like, actually looks like a child to you could be their grandpa. And, like, there's... It, Always. And anything in between. <laughs> and just this absolutely bizarre array. Like, there's always, like, these archetypes. Like, there's this one, and there's this one, and there's this one. Uh, so Joey goes over. So the, the two girls are doing laundry. Joey goes over. He's got his hands covered in chocolate. He messes up the laundry with his chocolatey hands. He's just trying to help. He's just mm-hmm. trying somebody to sort of pay attention to him. Sorry. Acknowledge that the, the, the top of the casket was literally ground level. <laughs> like, oh, we worked so hard to dig up this grave. We could have just swept off. The... Like, <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. Ground level. That is not how graves work. No, friends. that's not. It's okay. It's a dream, so it doesn't have to make sense, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, the rest of the movie doesn't make sense either. So. Right. 
fitting with the theme. They're you know, con- if anything, they're consistent. Are they? <laughs> In not making sense, at least. Yes. yes, yes. Um. Everything else is not wrong. Yeah. So, Joey goes over. He starts talking to Vic, and things escalate very quickly. <laughs> yes. Like, like they have a less than two minute conversation. Joey turns around and Vic hacks him to death. Yep. In broad daylight, in front of multiple witnesses, including Tommy Jarvis, who's, of course, re-traumatized by this. (laughs) Well. As is everyone else, but, like, him especially. Because reasons. Obvious. Because his childhood. Yeah. Because the whole reason that he's there. The whole thing. Yep. Uh, So the cops come back. And, you know, they're cleaning up the crime scene. And paramedics show up to take Mm -hmm. the body to the coroner's office. Which makes sense. Uh, One of the paramedics is a sociopath. And the other one is our killer. Yeah. 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 Yep. The sociopath. The one who is somehow not the killer. Yeah, he's like... Calls the two sobbing teenage girls who just witnessed a murder right in front of them. A bunch of fucking pussies, I believe. Yep. Uh, And then teases his partner. Mm Mm-hmm. Because his partner is also very clearly affected. Right. By the scene. And in fairness, who wouldn't be, right? Right. Maybe he's new. I don't know. But... Immediately, like, there's something going on. Well, and, like, okay, so sociopath uh, paramedic, like, just pulls the fucking bloody sheet off of him. In front of everybody. In front of of everyone. Did you notice that I'm pretty sure one of his arms is hacked clear off and laying on top of his body? It was. Yeah, it was. It was just laying on, he just had an arm laying on himself. It's fine. Like, uh, why are we showing this to everyone? Like, I know they witnessed it, but, like... Also, you think the cops would be like, hey, hi, crime scene. Nah. Not that they don't know. I mean, they know who did it. Right. He did it in broad daylight in front of multiple witnesses. Like, they've got him in the back of the car already. Uh, We do not see that young man again. No. That's just, boom, done, out. That's his whole role in the film. Um. Yeah, no. He just gets arrested. He gets arrested. As well he should. He murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the killer doesn't go after him. The man who actually killed his son. No. 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 Just killed everyone within a ten mile radius. Otherwise. Yeah, starting with our favorite greasers. The greasers! Okay. <laughs> what fucking decade are we in? Like, you've got these two kids. One of whom is doing a full-on Marlon Brando cosplay. Like, Absolutely. right down to the goddamn hat. Yep. Like, he could have been a contender. Like, friends. <laughs> I don't know if they were going to a Halloween party. Maybe it's supposed to be fall. I don't know. But they, like... <laughs> they show up and you're like, where are we? What is happening? It's like you go through every decade, right? Because, like, they're very 50s. Mm-hmm. 
obviously the kids in the thing are very 80s, right? Because well, it is absolutely. in fact the 80s. Uh, the waitress and the guard are very 70s, yep. right? It's just, it's a hodgepodge. Um, but the greasers, their car is broken down. So they're on the side of the road. Um, one of them goes into the woods to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, like, okay. <laughs> the other one's trying to fix the car. And uh, he gets a road flare up his face. <laughs> like, up his face. <laughs> up his face. In his mouth. Yeah. It's where it actually goes. Mm-hmm. Makes him like like a little jack-o'-lantern. Uh, so he's good and dead. And then the other one shows up, doesn't realize his friend is dead, and uh, gets his throat slit. Mm-hmm. So we're off to a great start. All you see at this point is the killer's hands. Which, in fairness... That point of view is very much like by by part four, they weren't doing this anymore, but like part two and part three, a lot of the movie you just saw Jason's hands. Yeah. Right? Especially in two. Mm-hmm. Before he got his hockey mask. Right. You just saw his hands. So like it's not it's not entirely inconsistent with the tone of the rest of the franchise. Right. Um, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't 100% rule out the fact that it's Jason. Oh, another thing I feel like I should mention, because it's happening on the screen as we're watching right now. Not on our watch along, but... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just every adult is annoyed by this child's presence. Oh, yeah. Like, just immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, hi, you're a social worker. Right. Like... Yeah, like, they'll address this boy and he doesn't immediately answer, which is just very common among children with a range of conditions. Yes. Or just a child who's upset. Like, a not mentally ill child who is merely upset about something Mm -hmm. will shut down and stop talking. Very common. But they don't seem to know how to handle this because they are very bad at their jobs. Um, but yeah, so now there's been a murder. Um, that doesn't facilitate any change whatsoever at this place. No. No No one gets sent away, like, to different facilities. They don't, like, shut it down. They don't, you know, do any kind of, like, intensive, you know, like, counseling for these kids. Group therapy, even. The, 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 the cook doesn't send his grandson away. No. Doesn't send him home. You know, it's it's fine. Everything's fine. Witness murder. No big deal. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, we've got the greasers. And, again, who shows up at the scene to clean up but those same two paramedics? Mm-hmm. You know, Roy has... Roy, sorry. The killer's... The, the killer paramedic's name is Roy. Yes. Uh, he, has, he has a little exchange with the sheriff or the deputy, one or the other. And, uh, which I think gives him more lines than Tommy as well. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think so. I We'd think, have to count it, yeah. but I think so. Mm-hmm. Third neck and neck. Which is hilarious because... <laughs> neck and neck. <laughs> um, which is hilarious because at the end of the film, they specifically say that Roy doesn't talk much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he talks more than Tommy. But, you know, they're like, man, we gotta get to the bottom of this. Right. Um, let's see. Who's next? Uh, I think right afterwards is when we go to the diner. Do we go immediately to the diner? 
Or do we go to breakfast first? Mm. No, I think we go to the diner because I think it's the same night. So I guess like right after the Gracers die, we do see Tommy. And this is something that they do play. This is them trying to, you know, make it seem like, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it Jason? Is it Tommy? Who is it? Tommy sees Jason in the mirror. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. And this is one of multiple times where he sees Jason, but he, he's not really there. Right. He's straight up hallucinating. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, which is fine. Does wake up in a very... He's very sweaty. Very sweaty sweat. Getting sweatier. <laughs> By the minute. Like, they are running... Like, they're just using mist bottles. <laughs> I think the mist bottles will probably have the budget, to yes. be honest with you. What was the budget? The budget was $2.2 million. Oh, that's not bad for one of these movies, actually. <laughs> Well, and like real, like honestly, just to, since we're talking about that, they, it really didn't do that bad in theaters. It made ten times its budget. I mean, that's a good day, right? Well, I mean, it just didn't do. I think by this point in the franchise, they didn't have to be good anymore. Right. Right. It was just like, oh, it's a Friday the Thirteenth movie. We're gonna go see the new Friday the Thirteenth movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. uh so yeah, so there is. Oh, you're right. You're right. There, but I skipped ahead with the cops. We see breakfast and then cops and then diner. So I think that's probably what the. Oh. Yep. Uh, at breakfast the very next morning, at this place where no one has, you know, made any significant changes, and the only mention of the dead kids is you know. The kids saying that. They're gonna miss him. Yep. And yelling at one of the girls for setting too many places at the table. One of the girls who witnessed the murder. Right. Uh, and then Tommy attacks one of his fellow residents mm-hmm. for scaring him with one of his own masks. Um, which was a shitty thing to do. But he straight up flips this kid over. Yes. Yeah, like destroys like a like a breaks a table. Table. Yeah, oh, like wait. it was like like a pro wrestling move. Like has him up on his shoulder and then flips him over. Bruised a bunch of fruit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor apples. Yeah, everyone's being very flippant uh, about this murder. And then Tommy attacks someone. So really, again, they just have a great handle on the situation. This is now the second resident on resident attack this one at least not fatal but the second attack in as many days so things are going real well down here at the farm can we also talk about really quick the fact that jake the guy that stutters and apparently that's the reason why he's there um Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't really get a clear backstory on anyone else. Right. No? Like, <laughs> you have no idea when, you, when you, anyone else is there. But can we just talk about the fact that he looks so much like Ducky? From... Yeah, he does look like Ducky. <laughs> like, like, to a scary degree. Yeah. Same haircut and everything. Uh-huh. Just like a poor man's John Cryer. Yeah. Like, every time that I see him, I'm just like, you're not who I think you are. <laughs> like, I recognize you, however. 
But I know who you're trying to be. Because I'm assuming those movie that movie came out around the same time this did, didn't it? I'm sure one of them did. Yeah. Yeah, he like straight up snaps. Yep. Like, and then snaps back. He's like, oh, fuck. He's Let like, me continue bang. not talking. Yeah. So in another attempt at misdirection, immediately after this, we are introduced to a drifter. Yeah. Who just emerges out of the woods. Uh, and asks the neighbor, whose names are Ethel and Junior, by the way. The dirty neighbors are named mm-hmm. Ethel and Junior. Uh, asks them for some food or, like, some, some work, right? Mm-hmm. He's like a traveling farmhand who's just going to, like, go. Who is also very dirty. Yep. Which, I mean, like, I guess that makes sense for him because he's... Homeless, essentially. Yeah. That's true. But, I mean, he's clearly come to the wrong place if he's looking to clean himself up. Right. But. uh, So then there's that guy. And you're like, well, I mean, maybe it's that guy. Because why else is he here? Right. Uh, Turns out he's here to be a creep and then get axed. Yeah. He he comes and goes pretty quick. Yep. So, yeah. So the police officers and the, you know, the. Paramedics. Thank you. Sure. (laughs) My brain was like, P, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. It's fine. Said more pharmaceuticals. I was, I was close. Right? Was close. Yeah. Medical. It was, was in the ballpark. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but after the, the police officers and the paramedics clean up that crime scene with the greasers, we move on to really the, the other greatest duo of the this highlight. film. The highlight. Like, they keep, it's, it's always two people mm-hmm. that are always just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Billy and Lana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy, we've met before. He was one of the guards that was escorting Tommy to the halfway house. Yes. Lana is his girlfriend who works as, as a waitress in a diner. And he comes to pick her up for a night out. He does a little cocaine. Uh, she does some sort of weird ritual in the bathroom while she's getting changed. Uh, she gets scared by a cat mm-hmm. who is for some reason in a diner. <laughs> because 80s. Because the 80s. Yeah. It's a small diner off in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's closed, I guess. Maybe she didn't let him in until the diner was closed. But right. still, seems like the health inspector would... Not be a fan. Yeah. Would take issue. So Billy's out there doing cocaine. Lana's using a breath mist, like a breath freshener mist in her mouth. Oh, yes. And down her cleavage And down her cleavage, yes. You know, you always want to have minty fresh breasts. (laughs) What? Breath. Minty fresh breath is what you're supposed to have. Oh, Oh, gosh. Silly me. She read the side. She read the label wrong. Yeah, just a little like quick glance and you're like, breasts, sure. Can you imagine if somebody like walked out like a low cut shirt and gave him a hug? Like, (laughs) why do you smell minty? (laughs) Either that or she was spraying perfume into her mouth, which is horrifying. Either which way, you're not of sound mind. It's not great. (laughs) It's not great. I don't like minty scented fragrance on my body, usually. This is me. Right. I don't want to smell like gum. <laughs> right. 
So while she's in there dilly-dallying around getting changed, Billy starts to get impatient, and then he gets dead. Real quick. Real quick. to the head. Axe to the head. Efficient. Lana comes out, can't find Billy. Gets annoyed at him because she thinks he wandered off. (laughs) Yeah, he's just... His side door's open. She gets into the passenger side, and he's she's like, oh, the door's... Oh, oh... There's blood. Oh, there's an axe. Oh, there's a man holding an axe. First, she finds the cocaine first. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cocaine on the floor. Priorities. And she's like, oh, you're wasting a lot of money, babe. And it's like, but none of this concerns you. No. Uh, And then, yeah, she also gets axed. So they're gone real quick. Um, And at this point, the sheriff realizes that he has a problem. Yes. And the mayor... Of course, is on his ass. Well, of course. As he would be. As he should be. To get this thing solved. Because it's a small town. You only have so many suspects. Uh, But instead of thinking that his suspect is one of those people in his small town. Which, to my knowledge, is not Crystal Lake. No, I would assume that they're not that that close by. Right. Like, I would assume that they would be... It's, like, in the same area. Yeah. Like, again, like New York... Right, like maybe yeah. uh, maybe near the lake. But actually, like, nobody goes near the goddamn lake, not once in this entire movie. No. Nope. Like, the lake has been cut out of it entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, this man is wholly convinced, because he is also very good at his job, that his killer is the dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> but did you see him get cremated? <laughs> Like, what? Which is hilarious because he's absolutely not cremated in the next film. Like, he is, in fact, yeah, exhumed and resuscitated. Yeah, they kind of... Or not resuscitated, reanimated. They kind of take a storyline and go, oh, that's a branch. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's We're... a branch on this tree. We're going to go to a different branch now. I guess the mayor didn't know that he'd been cremated because he was, in fact, not. Nope. So... Uh, yeah, but yeah, the sheriff is convinced that Jason Voorhees is committing these murders. Because <laughs> he hasn't been dead for years. Nope. Uh, does not seem at all concerned that Jason Voorhees-style murders start occurring the second the boy who killed Jason Voorhees moves into their town. Not at all a suspect. Obviously, it's Jason. Doesn't even mention his name. No. Uh, meanwhile, said boy... Uh, is still hallucinating Jason. It's going great. Our next victims are Eddie and Tina, because of course, as the most sexually promiscuous of the teens living at the halfway house, they are the first to go. Well, except for Joey. The first to go by the actual killer. Right. Because of course. Because of course. That's, you, how this, that's how this franchise works. Mm-hmm. You have sex. You, you do die. drugs. Because they do drugs too. Oh, they, they, do. they do smoke weed. They do. And now they have to go. Yeah. What about the greasers? The greasers did neither of those things. But they weren't at the house. That's true. They, they did imply that they were going to. Oh, that's true. That's true. That we that were going to meet girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, are you sure you're going to meet girls dressed up as Marlon Brando? Um, <laughs> In the 80s? Just saying. <laughs> I see that leather. <laughs> they were wearing a lot of fucking leather. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, 
so they run off to exactly where they're not supposed to go to do exactly what they're not supposed to do because of course they do uh so they're getting it on in the forest they're being watched by the creepy drifter man who has the sort Mm -hmm. of like killer point of view so you're like oh maybe it's him and then he just immediately gets killed he's in all of two scenes Uh, the sex lasts approximately five seconds as it is want to do in these movies and then uh, (laughs) was like wait (laughs) the boy like literally runs away from her yeah he's like I gotta go wash up and he like runs to the river and it's like huh what Uh, so she's just laying there naked in the woods as one does they did at least put a sheet down they did, you know. They stole it off the laundry line and took it down. Yeah, like it, the creepy guy watches them and then immediately gets stabbed in the, yep. in the chest. I mean. Or in the gut. You know. And then immediately afterwards, they're just done. Yep. And then he is immediately killed by a belt somewhat. What is, what even is that? It's just like a leather strap. Probably, probably some kind of like... Like bridle or something, right? Like it's something like animal related. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he just like wraps his head around a tree with it and uh, crushes him. Also, not a bad kill. Yeah. We were wondering if that would actually kill you, but you know. Especially, like I said, with the strap breaking. It breaks. So, like, did he actually die? Mm. Well, and again, he might have finished him off in some other way. That's true. We just don't know. We only see the strap. Uh, so they're dead now. It's several hours later. It's nighttime. Pam, who is the lady who helps run the place, is taking Reggie, who is the 12-year-old, mm-hmm. into town to see his brother, who is in town. Right. His brother is a full-on adult. <laughs> uh, they decide that it would be a great idea if Tommy went with them. For reasons. Because he's doing so well. So sort of like, get, out, get him out of the house. Get him go, out of the house. Go meet some more people. Yeah. Put him out in public. <clears throat> um, and, you know, and they talk about how, like, Eddie and Tina haven't come back. And they're like, oh, it's fine. They're just being the little assholes out there. We're not going to go look for them, certainly. That's not our job. Yeah. They'll come back as soon as they're hungry. We're not legally, right? Because apparently they're cats. <laughs> <laughs> We're not legally responsible for these minor children at all. It's fine. Um, the ones that were just threatened yeah. by the neighbors. Yeah. Who claimed to have a bomb. Well, they didn't hear the bomb, so they're clearly they're fine. Right. That's true. That's true. You would hear a bomb. Yeah. You would hear a bomb. So, uh, this is probably the most famous scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Reggie's brother's name is Demon, because of course it is, and he is played by uh, Manuel Nunez Jr. Yes, uh, who also played Spider in Return of the Living Dead. A lot of crossover mm-hmm. between these two franchises. In the exact same outfit. And he is the exact same character. He's the same fucking character. Yeah, same same. Same same. 
He's just wearing his his black leather coat instead of his red one. Yeah. He's got the same hairstyle. He's got the same attitude. He's got the same look. Uh, so he's there with his girlfriend, Anita. They hang out for a little while. They eat some enchiladas, which will become surprisingly important to the plot in just mm-hmm. a moment. They smoke weed. <laughs> well, the adults are smoking weed. The adults are smoking weed, but yeah, right. Just... He just like jokingly offers brother a beer. His girlfriend is just high as fuck. Yep. The whole time. She's just laying there smoking her joint. I guess she's really the only one that's smoking. That's true. But... Well, Demon hits it right before he has to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tommy wanders <clears> off, because of course he does. Because <laughs> Pam is not watching him. No. Because they are very bad at their jobs. She immediately <laughs> forgot that he came with. Right? Yep. Just, they just are hanging out. So they hang out for a minute. Uh, Tommy is confronted by Junior. Yes. The neighbor. Mm-hmm. Boy. Man. Son. Person. Uh, who terrorizes him. And then, of course, he gets mad and he, like, punches him. Does he punch him? Yeah. He punches him. Because mm-hmm. that's what he does. He's a very violent young man. <laughs> For some reason, a neon sign upsets him quite quite a bit. Which is funny because there are, to my recollection, no prominent neon signs. No. In the final chapter. Nope. Not really a thing. Um, maybe it's the buzzing. Maybe it's the buzzing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it reminds him of the like fluorescence in the mental hospital. I don't know. Uh, so he gets into an altercation and then he runs off. Pam realizes this and she's like, well, fuck. So she takes the kid, drives him home. So that she can then go look for Tommy. Because apparently they're not going to look for Eddie and Tina. But they are going to look for Tommy. Yep. You know, they have to have some sort of... (laughs) I mean, in fairness, chasing after the ones that just keep getting high and having sex or chasing after the one that keeps attacking people, probably a good choice. I mean, yeah. To go after the one that keeps attacking people. Yes. But like... But I don't know. Like, how did... Here's what I want to know. How did Tommy learn fucking jujitsu? I don't know, because he kicks Junior's ass. And he and he kicks Eddie's ass. Yeah, and he's like, like, is that something that you just did when you were away? <laughs> In a mental hospital? You were just like, I'm going to learn jujitsu. I'm going to learn how to fight. I mean, fair. I guess, you know, if you're... Your it's exercise. Yeah, and, it's exercise. And your thought process is, well, Jason's going to come back even though it cut off his head. Um... <laughs> So, because he's inevitably going to come back, I'm going to have to kick his ass. And kicking his ass is not easy to do, because he's a big boy. Right. Big boy. So they run off. So Tommy runs off. Pam and Reggie go back home so that he can be dropped off and then she can go find Tommy. Right. Uh, And then Demon gets a tummy ache. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because they have just so much junk food. In their van. And no refrigeration. So God knows how long it's been there. It's not just the damn enchiladas. It's not just... I Right? Like, he puts at least three or four things in his mouth. And his satisfaction of his poop... <laughs> it is hilarious. Yes. He he's, he's having a good time. He's enjoying... He's enjoying it. His girlfriend starts shaking the fucking thing. And then singing to him. Because she is, in fact, high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's no other explanation for this no. behavior. And I tell you what, if I had a nickel for every time I've seen a movie scene in which somebody is brutally and violently killed in a porta potty, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. It's, I mean, you know where the other one is? I know, I know it, but I can't think of it right now. Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so good. So, which begs the question, did Spielberg <laughs> get watch this movie? Yeah, I bet he watched this, hi, before <laughs> watching, or before coming up with the thought, entire thought process of Jurassic Park. Right. Even though it's basically It's a book. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Like the, but he's like, hey, you know, Jason's kind of like the dinosaurs, right? He's just kind of like a creature. Right. So he Even watched. not Jason. Well, so here's what happened. Here's, here's what happened. So he watched it. Mm-hmm. He watched this while he was already, like, making Jurassic Park, right? He's already right, in the right. process. Mm-hmm. He's read the book. And he's like, we need to write this extra scene. How is this guy going to die? <laughs> I actually don't know that the porta potty scene doesn't happen in the book. I don't think I've, I've never read a Jurassic Park. I, I've never read it either, but we're going to go with We're going to go with this theory because I like it better. I just really want to be imagining Steven Spielberg high. Yeah. It's so fun. That man had to have done drugs I at mean. some point. E.T., come on. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, both, uh, I almost called him Spider, because that's his name in the other movie. I mean. Demon. Spider Demon. And his girlfriend are killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the middle of her singing to him, she just suddenly stops. And he's like, what's wrong? And then he doesn't leave the porta potty. He, he, he tries, remember? Because he thinks he's stuck that's there true. and she th- he thinks that she's fucking with him again. Right, but then, really it's just her body yes. that's like against the door. That's mm-hmm. right, yes. And then I think that this is one of my favorite kills, actually, is the porta potty scene. Because it's just random stabs through the wall. Yeah. And like the one bit of him, get, which they like, they're like, watch this leg. And they cut back to uh, Demon's face, and then they cut back to his leg, and his leg gets stabbed. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I like the the leading up to the death. Mm -hmm. The death itself of him just getting stabbed in the chest. I'm like, meh. But, like, that would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. Just, you don't know where this weapon's coming from. Yep. You don't know why somebody's trying to stab you through a porta potty Nope. You're in a porta potty, which is an uncomfortable place to be in the first place. And this is not where I'd want to die. And your tummy hurts. Yeah. I mean, bad bad day all around. Well, he's got his bowels cleaned out already, at least. That's true. That's true. It's not going to do that thing. But <laughs> <laughs> dead bodies do. Right. It's great. Um, so Bam takes Reggie back to the halfway house, and they're like, hey, a bunch of people have also gone missing. Yep. Uh. The kid's grandfather is gone, mm-hmm. and the guy who runs the whole place has gone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, they probably just went to find Eddie and Tina. I'm going to go find Tommy. I mean, which, to be fair, would... Would make sense. Would make sense. And this was pre-cell phone. Right. Right? Like, they can't just, like, ping him. Right? So, like, it's a reasonable assumption. Right. I guess the grandfather going to look for them... I mean, I guess if he wants help and he is an employee, so I guess... Yeah, I mean, he's... He's an authority figure of sorts. Right. He's just one of the adults. Uh, so Junior has run back home having a tantrum because mm-hmm. Tommy kicked his ass. 
his mother is making him her famous, apparently, stew. <laughs> Which is just her throwing a bunch of vegetables in water. So many vegetables. <laughs> in the biggest pot you've ever seen. Just whole carrots. Whole carrots. <laughs> Not peeled or anything. No. Onions with the peel on. Maybe she's making stock. She's, maybe. She could be making stock. I don't know. There's a lot of shit in there. There is. Uh, Junior, of course, is riding his motorcycle around, because that's what he does, in circles. And uh, he gets his head cut off. Mm -hmm. Clean off. And then that same weapon comes through the window into Ethel's head, and she falls into her stew. So there they are. There they go. Upon seeing it closer, when she does fall into it, it looks like it has flowers in it. Yeah, is it like flowers and then like uh, cabbage? Like yeah, red cabbage? Flowers, cabbage, onions with the skins on. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a strange concoction. It's famous. I mean, it's unique. It is unique. <laughs> it sounds... I mean, there are edible flowers. There are edible flowers. Yeah. And like, you know, backwoods people like this, even though... They're not really in the backwoods, but they certainly act like backwoods people. Mm-hmm. Um, would probably know how to forage for such things. Yeah, absolutely. So why not? Uh, so Pam is looking for Tommy. Uh, of course, the car breaks down. Because why wouldn't it? Because why wouldn't it? Uh, we're only missing we're only missing one cliche, and it's coming. Oh yeah. Uh, well, she's looking for Tommy. She's going around. And it is right then that the storm rolls in. Sure does. Here we are. Uh, meanwhile. But anyways, so Ducky and... So Ducky <laughs> and the the most nondescript girl, uh, yep. whose name I believe is Robin. One of the girls that witnessed the murder mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. Are sitting on a couch watching A Place in the Sun with Montgomery Cliff and Elizabeth Taylor, I believe, is in that movie as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ducky's just trying to get laid. Which is like, that's that character. Yeah. In every movie. Yeah, doesn't, he tells her that he wants to like make love to her. He does. He does. I mean, he, he shoots a shot. He does. Like, he does not mince words. She's like, <laughs> she just laughs at him. And then she laughs at him. Mm-hmm. Which was not very nice, um, but no, it was not. He, he, you know, uh, storms away, goes and tries to talk to Violet. She doesn't want to talk to him either because she was really pretty antisocial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's just like, can I wait? <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, I am doing the weirdest dancing you have ever seen in your life. Yeah, and it is more important than you. Let me live. Let me live. Go away. And he's like, fine. And he closes the door and he turns around. And of course, there's a knife in his face. Yep. So then Robin decides to go to bed. She kind of regrets that she's not getting laid. If you notice, she's like, yep. oh, you're stupid. <laughs> like, you could have, you could be, like, getting, getting some right now. And she climbs into bed. And he is in her bed. Quite dead. Mm-hmm. And then we get the classic. Friday the 13th move. That machete comes right up from the bottom of the bed. Sure does. Through her body. You gotta do it. Gotta make it happen. And now officially two more teens are dead. And two more teens are dead. 
We are down to uh, very few teens. Yeah. <laughs> we are down to Tommy, who is in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Violet. Well, and Reggie, I guess, if he counts as a teen. Yeah. It's more of a tween. But yeah. Yeah, whatever. Violet is, in fact, doing the weirdest dance you've ever seen. It's some combination of, like, popping and locking and being a mime. It is It is early goth dancing. It, I guess, yeah. She is a pioneer. She keeps pulling on ropes. Keeps waving. Keeps saying, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. And praise Jesus. Yep. <laughs> uh, and the killer sneaks into her room and uh, finishes her off as well. Mm-hmm. Then Reggie wakes up. And it's like, where the fuck did everybody go? Goes to Tommy's room to see if he's come home because he hears mm-hmm. noise. And finds all three bodies on Tommy's bed. Yep. So there's your next, you know, misdirect. That. Because why would they? Why would he not the bodies? Why would he not put? Yeah. The bodies in his own bedroom. It just makes sense. Like yeah, sure. Just point the finger directly at yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, of course, is not what's happening because Tommy's in the wind. He's not in the house. And I think this is the same time that Pam comes home too. (laughs) So he sees the dead bodies and then doesn't immediately fucking bolt. He tries. Pam's like, what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, three dead ones. Yep. Just look in that door right there. Look inside. Has she found Tommy at that point? No. No, I don't believe so. He shows up on his own. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at this point, they are trying to... Now it is Pam and Reggie that are trying to get away from... The killer. The killer. Right. So, yes... They're running out into the rain, because, of course, the storm has rolled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, again, in classic Friday the 13th fashion, there's always that person that you don't see killed. Yep. That they just find the body of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, in this case, is Matt, mm-hmm. the guy who runs the whole thing. Do we ever see the, what happened to the grandfather? He is the one who's thrown through the window. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that has also become a thing. Yes. That he likes to throw people through windows. Yeah. I mean, you got to break the window somehow. So that is true. You might as well do it by throwing the body that you have made unalive. Mm-hmm. Now, by this point, you do see the killer. And he is wearing a hockey mask. Yes. This is, is, I think... very clearly... This is the first time you actually see him in a mask. Yeah. Full, full body. Yep. This is the first time you see him from the front. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a hockey mask. It is, however, not the same hockey mask. No. And this is, for all of its lack of, you know, continuity and overall quality, kind of a neat little thing that they did. Mm -hmm. Because every time that Tommy hallucinates Jason, he's wearing the classic Jason mask with the red triangles on it. Mm -hmm. And when you see not Jason at the end of the film, he's not wearing the same hockey mask. No. So it's a big clue. Mm-hmm. that that's not who you're looking at. Yeah. The other big clue is the fact that his ambulance is just parked outside with his partner in it dead. 
So, yeah. So then Reggie takes off and Reggie is moving. I mean, yeah. that kid can <laughs> run. <laughs> I like the idea that they were just like, okay, run as fast as you can, okay? Action. And he just took <laughs> off. He's books it. Just gone. It's like, this killer ain't fucking killing me. Yep. Gots to go. Pam, you're on your own. <laughs> and she's, of course, doing the, like, girl in a horror movie flailing through the woods, not yes. really running. <laughs> Flailing, falling. Flailing, falling, staying yeah. there when she falls. Mind you, Reggie falls down and gets right the fuck back up. Yes. No. Pam falls down, she stays on the ground. Because that's what you do. Uh, she also... So actually, I read this. There's like a, a continuity goof uh, right before we started recording. Is that she's like... She's wearing a sweater on her shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very 80s. And uh, she loses it in the woods twice. Yeah, that sounds right. Like she's she's got the sweater on, she's running. The sweater's not on her anymore. Then the next time you see her, the sweater's on her again. So like you're either either it's continuity to goof or you are led to believe that she has stopped running from a killer to go pick up her sweater, which seems unlikely. Uh and then she loses it, you know, for a final time. Right. When she sees the other dead social worker whose name right, right, right. I'm forgetting. Matt? Matt. That sounds right. Yeah. Matt. Oh, yes. and there's the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes, the grandfather. This killer is very fond of taking people's eyes out. Very focused on the eyes. Yeah. Uh, so he gets thrown through the window. <laughs> At this point now that Pam has lost her sweater, by the way, we should point out, because there's a lot of random... Even for a Friday the 13th movie, there's a lot of random ass exposure of breasts. Yep. Um, And she, of course, now that she has lost her sweater, is wearing a rather thin white linen shirt with no bra. Mm -hmm. And it's raining. So it's wet. You can see right through it. (laughs) Because you just, you can't, can't have the finale without, you know. Seeing more boobs. Uh, So she runs away again. She falls down. She won't get back up for some reason. She is almost killed by the killer. He is taking his sweet time in dramatic fashion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Reggie (laughs) (laughs) drives a little tractor thing, little tractor bulldozer guy, out of the barn... And runs him over. And uh, our buddy Roy does not try to move out of the way of that thing at all. No. Does not even... No attempt was made no, he to didn't save even, himself. He didn't even pull down his arm. From I know. He's he just still... He's like, what? <laughs> this man's reaction times are just... Remarkable. <laughs> this tractor's coming at me at about 15 miles an hour. I can't <laughs> possibly run. Have you ever seen A Fish Called Wanda? I own it and I've not watched it. Oh, you should. It's one of my favorite movies. And there's a there's a scene where somebody is like an actual bulldozer, like, or not a, a steamroller, mm-hmm. right? It's coming at him and he's like stuck in cement, but like it's a steamroller, so it doesn't move very fast. So like, right. He's just like sitting there screaming for like 45 seconds because the steamroller is coming at him very slowly. It's great. It's a great gag. Anyway, uh, but he's not dead. Of course he's not dead because he can't be dead. He's got to do the, we think you're dead, but it's actually a jump scare moment where he grabs onto the kid and then they're running away again. 
Uh, and it is at this point that Tommy shows up and you see oh, it can't be Tommy. Right. Because here's Tommy. Here's Tommy. And there's the killer in the same frame. You can't have the two people be one person. Right. You don't. Batman and Bruce Wayne are never in the same room at the same no. time. So who is it? Nobody important. <laughs> nope. Nobody that you have any interest or investment in whatsoever. Mm-mm. Nope. But he's actually, he has like bought into the Jason thing to the point that he's wearing a skull cap. Yes. He definitely has hair. Yes. And so, but he looks bald when he's wearing the mask. So mm-hmm. he's wearing a skull cap under, like under his mask to complete the illusion that he is Jason. He's really committed. He's got it. Like, it's even kind of a bumpy skull cap. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, make it look like his there's, head. Yeah, like, there's scars. There's scarring. He found a Jason costume. Somehow. So he's going on the hunt for them inside the, of the barn, of course, because we also have to be back in a barn. Right. Classic Friday the 13th. I mean... If you're not going to be in the lake, you're going to be in a barn. Right. So we have basically the exact same barn that's from part three. Two, three, one of those. Two. Two? Two is the barn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two's the barn. Um, no, there's <clears> also <throat> a barn in three, though. I think there's barns in both. Because three is the 3D one, right? So, like, and there's the the whole thing where they've got, like, the the hay thing, and it keeps, oh, like, swings out. You're right. It was supposed to be in 3D. I'm thinking of three. And this barn is identical to it. Yes. I do also believe that there is a barn in part two. I think you're right. Um... But yes, there's just a heavier focus in it. There's more, more of a focus on the barn. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in the barn that the like gang of random, like assholes, assholes, <laughs> just like take up shop. Yep, weird ass movie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so there we're in the barn, and so we're in the barn. Like, Pam is Pam hid and did a pretty good job. She was hiding in a in a storage yeah. closet. You know, Pam is doing a good job as the final girl yeah. at this point. She is holding her own. Mm-hmm. She's got a chainsaw. She and she pops out of that storage closet with it. So yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna get your ass." Yep, I've got a better weapon than you. And then she decides, "I'm gonna throw well, it at him." I think it throws. I think it runs out of juice. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, and it's not very effective. As just a stabby thing no, without the like, you're right. so I forgot about she that. She just throws it at him. I mean, <laughs> which does at least like distract him and like allows him, her to run away. Yeah. Uh, and then it is at that moment where you finally see Tommy walk in, and you're yes. like, oh, "It's not Tommy! It's not Tommy!" So who the fuck is so it? So who the fuck is it? Because everyone, everyone else, else is, is dead. dead. <laughs> You know who would have made more sense? Vic. Yes. Right? Like, the person that you actually see be a homicidal maniac. Like, oh, he's out on bail, or he escaped, or something. <laughs> like, That's what you would assume would happen. He's been obsessed happen. with, he's been obsessed with Jason and meeting Tommy Jarvis, just like... Set him off. Set him off, yeah. But no. Uh, after then, uh, Tommy, once again, becomes our final girl. Um, and fights him off. You've got all three of them. Mm-hmm. Reggie, Pam, and Tommy all fighting against this guy. 
who the other clue that it's not actually Jason, by the way. Oh, they have not revealed at this point that it is not Jason. That's true. However, there is the different mask. And also that this, the man who plays this guy, mm-hmm. while not a small man, is significantly smaller than the men who play Jason usually. Definitely. Like, he looks tiny mm-hmm. compared to other Jasons. <laughs> I should post on the Instagram the picture of me standing next to yes. the guy, um, Graham. I forget his name. I'll have to look it up. But the guy who plays Jason in part six. Um, I came up to that man's belly button. Yeah. He was one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, I mean, that makes sense. But, like, you just, you you have this idea that they somehow, like, make them look bigger in the movie. Right. Right? No, they got lifts just... in their shoes or padding on. It's like, no, no, no. This man was massive. Yeah. Huge. Um, so, yeah. So, they have not. So, at this point, the misdirect is that this is actually Jason. Yes. Right. Um, and that somehow he's back. And that somehow he's back. Somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> 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 it makes sense why not um, so they fight him off uh, they trick him they end up pushing him off the hayloft onto a spiky thing yeah I don't know what that is or how it got there thing is or what it's supposed to do I think it was on the back of the little tractor guy like I think that's supposed to like help with like I don't know, getting doing something with hay. Probably, sure. They're in the like, hayloft. Or a, uh, um, yep. Yeah, suddenly forgetting on a gardening term, but aerating. Know. Sure. I don't know. Could be that. Oh yeah, like if it was turned over. Yes. That it was like for tilling this mm-hmm. way. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. So they push him off. He almost pulls Reggie down. Tommy cuts his hand so that he just like you know. Uh, so that he actually falls. And then when they look over, they see that the mask and the skull cap have both somehow fallen off. And that it is, in fact, who the fuck? You've probably forgotten by now. (laughs) The big reveal, not so effective, when you haven't seen that character in over an hour. (laughs) Yes. You see him a total of two fucking times. You see him twice? Yeah. Very near to the beginning of the film. And then, yeah. And then you see him here at the end. When it's revealed that he was the killer all along. Ah, Roy. Ah, Roy. Roy Burns. Roy Burns. A crazy bastard. Yeah, like, as soon as he falls, his mask falls off. Yep. And then... The skull cap just kind of like, falls off. Yeah. When he's already impaled. See, and it looks like it wasn't even just, like, a regular skull cap. It was a full like fucking mask. Like, it was mask. all the way around his face. Also, he's flinching against the rain. Oh, was he? Which, like, might be just, like, an HD problem, right? Well, that, like, I you mean, might probably. not have been able to tell in a movie theater in the 80s, but he's absolutely flinching against the rain. You see his eyes? Yep. <laughs> he's moving. <laughs> Very much not dead. Um, but... We then cut to the hospital, uh, where we have t- Tommy, who who has gotten injured. He does, I think, stab him somewhere. Yes, yeah, stabs I think he, him or he cuts yeah. him or 
Tommy is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Pam and Reggie sitting there. The sheriff shows up and he's like, oh, the boy who was killed at the beginning of the film, who you may have also forgotten about by now. Yep. Because they don't really mention him again. After that like scene directly after he's killed. Uh, that was his son. Which is hilarious because they make it very clear at the beginning of the movie that that boy was an orphan. Yep. So, for some reason, his mother died in childbirth. His father did not raise him, but apparently stayed close enough. To have an adult picture of him in his wallet. To have an adult picture of him in his wallet. Um... Which is weird, because even the boy didn't seem to know that he had a father. No. He referred he... to himself as an orphan. Yes. Um, so no one else knew? Because clearly someone else knew that that man was his father. Somebody had to. Like, how else would he have gotten a fucking picture? Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was his motive. Plot. Holes. Yeah. Holes in the plot? Big enough to... Push a Jason through. Yeah. Oh, and of course, he also just in his wallet has a bunch of newspaper clippings about Jason Voorhees. Yeah, so apparently he was not only upset about him giving, he himself giving up his son and dying, his right. son dying, getting murdered, he was also obsessed with Jason. Yeah, it was a whole, it was a perfect storm of factors, right? <laughs> so there you at least have the explanation as to what the fuck just happened. Right. It's not a good one, but it is there. It's there. It It's happened. Uh, and then we have another patent in Tommy Jarvis' nightmare. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in which it is once again implied that he was, while he was not the killer in this movie, mm-hmm. he might be in the future because he has a dream where he stabs Pam. Mm-hmm. And then, which is one thing. Yes, like that. That still makes sense, right? Because he's been having these nightmares the whole time. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, what doesn't make sense is then he wakes up from said dream. Yep. Gets out of his hospital bed. Goes over to a bureau that is for some reason in his hospital room. Opens the drawer. And inside is the Jason mask. Yep. Or the, ho- the, Jason, <laughs> the hockey mask that Roy had been wearing. Yeah. Which is in fact fucking evidence and should probably be with the sheriff. But no, it's nah. in Tommy Jarvis's hospital room. He kept it. It's fine. A little souvenir. <laughs> so when Pam actually walks into his room. Because he ends up shattering the, the window. Yes. To get their attention. Mm-hmm. She walks in. She sees the shattered window. And then standing behind her with a knife in his hand. Don't know where he got that either. And the hockey mask on is Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to black. And then they basically ignore all of the events of this film. Yeah. For the rest of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Because, so I had, when I was looking into this a little bit further, apparently their plan was for Tommy Jarvis to be the killer. Yeah. And then everyone was real pissed off that the killer wasn't Jason in this one. Right. So they're like, oh, we're going to go back. Yep. You know what it's like? It's like Halloween 3. Yes. Now, let me be clear. I fucking love Halloween 3. Halloween 3 is a masterpiece. It really is. <laughs> and that's it, folks. That's your movie. That's 
that's everything. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. End of the line for Roy Burns, who is barely qualifies as a character. Jason is more of a character than this man. Yes. And Jason does not speak. Nope. Do you think that Tommy not talking was another Mr. X that he's the new Jason? That I could see, like, yeah. because Jason doesn't talk. Because so. Jason doesn't talk? Yeah. But, like... Mm. No, no. But, like, that's the issue, is that, like, yes, while that was maybe a misdirect, the execution wasn't good because you made that character, like, float right on the surface. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you just, you just don't, you just don't crop in on a background character that much unless they're significant to the story. Right. And he was he was doing the most. I mean, his his reaction to seeing the boy at the beginning is yeah, acting with a capital A. So that is it for our discussion of Friday the Thirteenth Part Five: A New Beginning. We will revisit Jason Voorhees when it is once again Jason Voorhees the next time there's a Friday the Thirteenth, which yeah. I don't actually know when that is, but I'm sure it'll be. Sometime. It'll come up soon. That's soon. <laughs> Uh, join us next time for a mini-sode about The Menu, mm-hmm. which is now on streaming. It did come out in theaters, I think, back in November. Yes. Uh, we mm-hmm. did not get a chance to see it then, so we're going to go ahead and review it for you now. So if you also have not had a chance to see it, join us for a fun little chat. I've heard good things. I have heard nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Yes. And it will, we will make sure that it is still spoiler-free. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. In case you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Right. Um, but until next week, uh... you can do it. I can do it. I know. My brain was like, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We, of course, uh... oh, I'm going to restart that. Okay. Okay. But until then, not... <laughs> wow. It's like I had a stroke. It's fine. No, you're fine. It's all right. It's usually three times, right? Yep. But until then, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to follow us on Spotify. We do have our Instagram at F and Frights Podcasts and our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. We do have our Facebook page and our YouTube accounts where you can uh, watch our videos if you just search for Friday Night Frights Podcast. We have our website, FNFrightsPodcast.com. If you'd like to... Scream at us. Feel free to by scream email it. By screamailing. Scream. <laughs> yes. Feel free to scream mail at us <laughs> via scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. <laughs> and last but not least, we do have our Patreon, our Fright Club. And Katie? Yes, Sean. What is the first rule of Fright Club? First rule of Fright Club is if you are going to open a group home for traumatized and or mentally ill teenagers. You should probably at least know where they are most of the time. Ballpark? (laughs) Have just a general idea of what they're up to. You don't have to lock them up, right? That's the whole point is like that they get more independence, that they get able to, you know, take care of themselves a little bit more and like re-enter society. Sure. However... 
really, even if you are running a group home for not mentally ill and traumatized teenagers, if it's just teenagers in general, maybe keep a little bit of tabs on them. Just a little bit. Maybe a ground rule or two. Just, yeah. Some boundaries. Let me know where you're going. Let me know where you're going. You are a minor. I am legally responsible for you. No one in this town seems particularly perturbed that I have absolutely no control over you, except for the crazy people who live next door. Only ones. Mm. Well, they're dead, so it's fine And now. they're dead, so now it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, everyone's dead. So, right. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if you are going, if you are going to do that, if you are going to dedicate your life, noble mission, mm-hmm. to dedicate your life to helping, you know, these troubled youths, uh, do it better. Do it with any sort of thought or structure. <laughs> like you're, you, we know you went to school, right? <laughs> we hope. I mean, he calls himself a doctor, right? So, not Doctor Logic. <laughs> Or doctor responsibility. No. Clearly. Doctor structure. He's just walking around. He's not a regular doctor. He's a cool doctor. I'm a cool doctor. I've got my top two buttons unbuttoned. It's true. I've got my Don Johnson hairstyle. He says, I am a sexy doctor. Sexy. What? What? (laughs) Sorry, folks. Had a mild stroke there. We're back. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) I am a sexy doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at my... Assistant, sort of, maybe. Wife, girlfriend. We're both hot. Why not? Look at these jeans. You see this ass? Tight. (laughs) You see this package? Bulging. It's happening. I know you weren't looking, but I looked. (laughs) And it was a sight to behold. Yeah. So good for you, Doc. But he's got a... that. She's got the thin shirt that you can see through when it gets wet. Right, exactly. So I know that you're set on this whole sexy doctor look, but Aesthetic. I need you to actually be a doctor. Yeah, need to get it well. together, bring it back, tuck it in, and let's tuck it in. <laughs> let's be. And maybe above all, even if you're not going to do any of those other things that we just said, don't give weapons to the violent ones. Yeah. Out of all the ones that should have an axe. This entire thing could have been avoided. That man should not have had one. If this boy had not had an axe. Right. Whole thing. It didn't take him long. Nope. To just decide to chop him up. Yep. There's no way there weren't red flags on that kid. Not at all. And you gave him a weapon. You gave us red flags with knowing him for five seconds. So, <laughs> right? I mean, there had to The fact that been... he looked like he was about to pop like a goddamn geyser. Yes. Hello. Here we are. Here we are. And here they go. One by one. Or two by two, actually, in this movie. And so, guys and ghouls, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs>